How's it going, everyone? My name is Bobby McInnes, and I'm back with Thomas Spallone. This is the fifth episode of our Loud Hound Sports podcast. Thank you, Great Com Studios. Uh, we love coming in here every week and recording our show. So, Tom, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, Bob. Uh, Tuesday, we got World Series starting tonight. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I know you're excited for the World Series, but tough loss. I know you're a Yankee fan, and you are not too happy about, you know, the Yankees falling. You thought, especially after that LeMahieu home run, that they had a chance to extend the series, but however, they fell short. Yeah, I was really upset once I saw Altuve hit that home run in the bottom of the ninth. I mean, we were watching that LeMahieu uh, game tying home run, and it was just ex- very exciting for Yankee, the Yankees and Yankee fans to see them tie the game up. But then just see the Astros hit that game when it was just demoralizing. But we know the Astros are a better ball club. Yankees got to go back to the drawing board. Cashman's got to put the work in to get uh, another shortstop because Didi's going to be gone or unless you want to go with Gleyber Torres. And you need to sign a big starting pitcher. So, Yeah, um, pitching is definitely lacking for the Yankees, and that's what wins in the postseason. And speaking of pitchers, we have – Pretty good pitching matchups in the World Series coming up. Um, the projected, I believe, actually the lineups came out um, and the rotations. We're going to have Max Scherzer facing off versus Garrett Cole in game one. So I'm going to give the edge to Garrett Cole there, but both pitchers outstanding. And you'd have to assume that it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. Yeah, the, if you look at all the pitching matchups, matchups this series it's just an absurd starting pitching matchup you got uh Scherzer versus Cole then game two you got Verlander versus uh Strasburg and then game three you got Corbin versus Granke it's just they have those three top pitchers are probably the best in the league and it's kind of amazing how they ended up facing off against each other because no one thought this Nats offense would uh carry them into the post into the World Series actually let alone the postseason so um we're kind of shocked to see the Nationals here not really shocked to see Houston but uh, I think it's me a great matchup tonight I do think the Astros definitely have the edge in this series just because their offense is insane and their uh, starting pitching we all know is very good but if the Nats want to win they got to keep their their bats hot and they're gonna have to rely on their starting pitching also yeah um like you said the Nationals were kind of a surprise however the Astros uh, not as much they were the favorites to come out of the AL um however Yankees or Astros I believe whichever team uh one was going to go on and, and win the World Series. I predict the Astros winning in five, maybe six at most, just because the Nationals are hot. But I don't see them losing this series in any way. Yeah, I think the Astros are too too strong top to bottom. The, the only weakness everyone thought that Houston had was their bullpen, and this postseason their bullpen has been one of their strengths, actually, alongside with their starting pitching. Uh, Verlander or Cole could have a quote-unquote rough rough day they don't have it today and they can still give you seven innings one run I mean these guys are are great uh I just think the Astros are too much I think they get their second World Series in three years yeah so I mean your prediction for game one you believe um Astros take game one yeah I think Astros take game one comfortably I think Scherzer they got to knock Scherzer out of the game and then once you get into that national bullpen it's it's game over their, their bullpen's very weak and uh, I think Cole can give them a uh, great outing. He's going to get a lot of case tonight. I say double digits. I think he'll go seven, uh, maybe give up one. But I think Stroh's win comfortably tonight. I agree with you. And, uh, you know, being at home, do you think that they're going to, you know, sweep uh, at home? Or do you think they're going to have to split both games um, going into Washington? No, I definitely think Houston will take both games in in Houston. And then I say they drop one at the most two in Washington, and then if they if they do drop two, they'll finish up game six at, at Houston to win six the most, as you said. Yeah, and um, all right, well, there's not really much else to say about the World Series. Um, I mean, 
we're just going to have to see how it plays out, and we'll obviously talk about it more next week. But I think that it's going to be very low-scoring series. I mean, we did mention how both offenses are hot. However, these pitchers are very dominant. This series is featuring three former Cy Young winners, um, and about five um, five of the pitchers in this series are you know candidates for this year's Cy Young Award. Yeah, pitching wins in the postseason. So this is a great, great example of it to see in the World Series. All right, so transitioning now over into the NBA. Uh, news broke this week that Zion Williamson will miss about six to eight weeks um, with an injury. And, you know, how, how do you feel with that? How does that resonate with you? Once I saw the news, I was I was disappointed because I wanted to see the young guy play. I think he's got great talent. I think he has an opportunity to, to be one of the best players in this league in a few years. And I think he's probably the number one candidate to win Rookie of the Year. But now he's out six to eight weeks with, I think it's a torn meniscus, which is just you hate to see any player get injured like that, especially a star coming out of Duke like that. Um, I want to see him back on the court. I can't wait to see him. But I think the Pelicans could uh, give a good run this year, maybe make a postseason run. But they need they need Zion Williamson if they're going to do that. Yeah, and, you know, Zion overall, how is this going to impact his career? You know, injured uh, before he can even play his first regular season game. How is that going to impact the young star's career? I Obviously, he's going to have a pretty good career. I mean, people are saying that he's, you know, as good as LeBron or looks like LeBron coming out. Um, that caliber player, not exactly the same style of play. However, that potential of, you know, being the face of the league. So how does this impact his career going forward, missing, you know, potentially the first two months? Yeah, everyone's saying that he's the, the next LeBron. You obviously have a case, but you definitely can't compare him to LeBron, obviously, yet. LeBron is one of the best players of all time. Um, Zion Williamson is just a rookie right now. He hasn't even played a game yet, as you said. Um, how will this impact him? I hope it doesn't. I hope he can come back uh, stronger than he did before. Um, I hope this doesn't slow him down. But at the same time, you've got to take it slow when you come back from the injury, and you obviously don't want to rush a caliber player like that back because if you do rush him back, you can ruin his career. So hopefully he gets the uh, time and rest that he needs off, and uh, he can come back better than ever. And with the NBA kicking off um, tonight, we have the Lakers and the Clippers facing off. And I know that that's been a hot controversy. Both L.A. teams made a lot of moves this offseason. You know, the Clippers acquired Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Um, now the Lakers are building around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So obviously you have two powerhouses in basketball, both ranked inside the top five um, in the NBA power rankings. Um, but it's just opening day. How do you see this game playing out? You know, I know in talks uh, throughout the week with you, you believe that the Clippers are going to win it all this year. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that the Clippers right now are the best team in the NBA. Uh, after that trade went down um, with Paul George and the Thunder and them acquiring Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the same team, that's a lethal duo. We just saw what Kawhi Leonard did in Toronto. He single-handedly carried that team to an NBA championship. Um, they have a lot more depth than the Lakers do. They got one of the best six probably the best sixth man in the league, Lou Williams off the bench, the Clippers. They have uh, Montrezl Harrell. They got a lot more depth than the Lakers do. The Lakers have, obviously, LeBron James, who is a top player in the NBA. Notice how I won't say the best player in the NBA, but he's a top player in the NBA right now, uh, getting into his later years. But um, I don't know. They got Anthony Davis. They got a good team, but I think the, the uh, Clippers are going to be too much for uh, the Lakers uh, tonight. Obviously, it's a toss-up game. It's opening night. could go either way. But uh, overall, I think the Clippers are going to be the, the powerhouse coming out of the West this year. 
I mean, I'm going to have to disagree with you a little there. I like the Lakers better than the Clippers this year. I can't go against LeBron. He missed out on the playoffs last year, but when he gets to the playoffs, he knows how to win. And he's done it in the past. He has a few rings under his belt. He's you know, arguably one of the greatest basketball players of all time, right up there with um, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. And now that they added Anthony Davis, this is a team, their starting five looks pretty strong. You mentioned the depth. Uh, however, they do open up as favorites tonight to beat the Clippers. Uh, they by, do. I by saw three that. points. Yeah, I was a little shocked by that, especially because the Clippers are home. But, um, yeah, right now, I don't know. I think the, the uh, power rankings have the Clippers at one. Well, the looking but, at the NBA, but tonight they're favored. Looking the at the power rankings on NBA.com, they actually have the Milwaukee Bucks at oh, one, one. And they have the Clippers at two with the Lakers coming in at five. Okay, yeah, that's another thing that we could talk about the East. Um, right now, I think the favorite in the East is the Milwaukee Bucks, although the 76ers are right there with them. I think those two are by far the best two teams in the East. When you when you look at the East, there's a little bit of a drop-off after you get to those two teams because um, Boston's good, but I don't see them really up there with uh, the Bucks or the 76ers. But... Uh, I think the 76ers are lacking shooting. They just lost uh, J.J. Redick. They lost uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, th- they do have Tobias Harris, who's a good shooter, but I don't know. I think i got to give the edge to the Bucks, especially Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't see really anyone guarding him out of the East. Well, the thing is, last year we saw in the postseason, Giannis wasn't able to win. I mean, that kid is a star, but you know, you judge superstars based off of if they can win in the playoffs or not. That's the difference between a star and a superstar. And we saw that the 76ers were able to make a run last year. And uh, I don't know. I think that the Sixers, I think that they're the better team in the East. Yeah, you can make a good argument for that. I, I do agree Giannis could not could not get a, a win last year in the Eastern uh, Finals. But, I mean, in the Eastern, uh, com- I think it was the divisional round. Um, but I still do. I, you got to believe in Giannis Antetokounmpo. This kid's a young star. He's he's right up there, best in the league right now. I think power rankings have him second behind Kawhi Leonard. But um, he's he's gonna get a he'll get his rings eventually. The Bucks are they're they're building a team. I mean, it's obviously gonna be hard to to win out of the East. We know how hard it is. LeBron was really the only one to do it these past few years because the West is always so stacked up, especially with LeBron going to the West now. But um, I think Giannis will get a few rings by the time it's all said and done, and this kid will be. Um, the best player in the NBA in a few years. I mean, yeah, he is obviously a star talent, but like I said, postseason, you got to see if he's going to be able to win. Um, you know, he has one appearance, I believe, so far in his career last year. Um, he's going to have a numerous amount of chances because of the lack of talent in the East. So he'll, like I said, have his opportunities, but until I see it, I can't say that that this kid has potential to to win a ring. You're right. You're right. Uh, right now, he definitely does need help. Obviously, he's no LeBron, he's not a LeBron James where he can uh, do everything on his own. But um, I think the one thing he's obviously lacking is his jump shot. He doesn't really have a good shot, but he is extremely athletic, going to the rim, um, great driver, and his defense is great. So we'll see what he can do. Keeping it in the East, um, another team to look at, the Toronto Raptors. They lost Kawhi Leonard. They still have some playmakers. Um, Pascal Siakam landed a big deal. Um, Kyle Lowry, they have a lot of, you know, players, including Fred Van Vliet, who came up clutch in postseason, and they're the defending champions. So how are you just going to say that this team loses Kawhi and all of a sudden, you know, they're not even contenders? They're eighth, um, they're eighth in the power rankings for on NBA.com right now. That's true. You can say um, they, they just lost. I mean, you can say they are defending champions, but in basketball, one man on a team changes the entire game. Uh, Kawhi Leonard being gone is 
the biggest loss of any team this season <coughs> coming from last year. This team is going to go from an, a finals contender to a team that's barely going to sneak in at that 7-8 seed, in my opinion. I think they do get in, but I say they get in 6 seed at best. I'm I, thinking 7-8. I can't name six, five or six teams that are better than them in the East. Well, I say um, Bucks, 76 are obviously going to be the, t- the top two seeds. Then you got Boston. And then you go from there. You got you to gotta assume Brooklyn's going to get in. Uh, Kyrie Irving has struggled at times. He's, a, he's another he's, player that has proved that he can't really win in the postseason on his own. Yes, yes, he was with LeBron, but carried by LeBron. You saw him go to the Celtics. He wanted to be that main guy. He just doesn't have that in him. He's not the main guy. He's a compliment to a superstar, yeah, in my I, opinion. I don't believe he can win on his own, but I definitely think that he can get to the postseason without Kevin Durant this year, especially with that Nets team making the playoffs last year with, without Kyrie Irving. Obviously, they had D'Angelo Russell, but I think they'll, they're will they a definite team better than the Raptors, and I would also put the Miami Heat ahead of the, the Toronto Raptors as well. All right, well, I mean, it's definitely going to be... I think the Raptors get in. The, the East, they're the definitely East, not contenders to win it, win it all. The East is all. wide open. The East is just wide open. Uh, it's been wide open for years. Uh, it's it's a weak conference. It's it's obviously the weaker conference. Uh, you can make the Eastern. You can make the playoffs in the East usually uh, at a 500 record, maybe sometimes under 500. We've seen teams make the uh, playoffs come out of the East going 40 and 42, which is which is ridiculous. Because when you look at the West and the AT struggling to make the playoffs when they're 10 games over 500. Last year, the Detroit Pistons made it. At 41 and 41. Exactly. So a 500 record gets you in. That's why the East is always so open. Um, we're big Nick fans. <laughs> we're trying to be uh, positive going into this year, thinking maybe do we have a shot to make the playoffs? I but don't know, But then you man. have to take a look at that roster and realize, oh, wait, the management didn't buy anyone this offseason. We had two max contracts to fill, and guess how many we filled? Zero. We went after Julius Randle. We went after a backup point card. We but went, don't worry, we signed Alfred Payton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there's really nothing to look forward to for the Knicks unless you're looking at R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. You have a few young stars. You no, I mean, I think, I think the Knicks are definitely heading in the right direction. And I think although they, they, did not, they weren't able to land you know, these top max players, they were smart by only um, signing a lot of people to two- or three-year deals at most. Um, I believe even Randall's on a two-year with a team option. Um, so it, I think that the Knicks... They're going in the right direction. They missed, they missed, but they did the right thing because now they can gear up two off-seasons from now um, and hopefully make a splash then. But you don't see this team this year winning more than 25, 30 games. I mean, I can't. I can't. Uh, yeah. They won 17 last year, um, which Awful. is an, an embarrassment, a, a league low. Um, but you're, you, made, you made a point. They added uh, R.J. Barrett through the draft, Julius Randle, um, they've made improvements. Mitchell uh, Robinson looked amazing last year for a mm. second-round pick. I like and him. And he's a little banged up. He might not start opening day with a sprained ankle. However, he's going to be there for the majority of the season. I believe this team will get over 20 wins. I don't think they're going to finish last. Um, they might finish bottom five and have a chance for, you know, the number one pick next I'm year in the lottery. lottery. Um, however, th- there's teams that I would rank below them. The Cavs are worse. The Suns are worse. I would. Uh, Memphis, probably worse. I there's, I don't think the Knicks are going to be bottom of the league again. I don't think they will either, but I just do have a problem with the management, uh, the ownership. Dolan, he just, he's been awful for years. He's not giving this these fans a respectable. Um, he's not giving them an effort. Uh, these fans are coming paying hard-earned money to get into the Garden to watch games, and you watch this team put up these uh, 
these games for years, and they haven't they haven't been competitive since uh, the mellow days. Um, you got to give this team what they want, the, these fans what they want. You got to go out and start signing people. Once these these players' contracts are up in two years, and you got the money to sign a max contract deal, you have to do it. You had a chance to sign Kawhi Leonard this year. You had a chance to sign uh, Kevin Durant. You had a chance to sign Kyrie Irving. And then when it's all said and done, you signed a few guys that are under the average that everyone realizes. And then you're going to tell the fans that I think we had a pretty productive offseason this year. That's just that's embarrassing to say that because you know you didn't. And you didn't even make the, make the effort to sign Kawhi. They didn't even try and get him on the team because they knew he wouldn't want to come. Especially when they came out hinting that, you know, Kevin Durant's interested with the Knicks and, you know, Kyrie's going to come. And you had management saying this. You had pe- uh, people, they had all Knicks the representatives, you had Knicks representatives coming out saying that, you know, we're going to make a splash. We're going to use those two max deals. Why else did you trade Porzingis? I mean, I know that there is um, mutual interest in a trade there. Porzingis wanted out and, you know, drama started to build up. But, you know, you, you didn't get that big of a return. You know, you got some picks. I believe there's two first rounds. Um, however, I mean, come on. The the main reason why you did that deal was to clear cap, and then you don't even use it. Yeah, and and then to say that um, – the and then to hear Kevin Durant come out and say – these players just make fun of the Knicks, by the way. Kevin Durant come out and say, come on, you really you think anyone's going to sign with the Knicks? Maybe they were good 30 years ago, but look at them now. No, They're, they're a joke to the league. Yeah, I and remember, to be honest, he's right. I remember seeing that because he said, you know, these new players growing up – they're growing up watching the Knicks be terrible, bottom of the league, making the playoffs. I mean, when's the last time the Knicks made the playoffs? So it's these kids are growing up, like Kevin Durant said, they're seeing that the Knicks aren't a good team. Why would you want to play for the Knicks? You know, they're bottom sure. of the league. I want to go play for the Warriors. I want to go play for uh, the, the Raptors now. You know, these kids are growing up. They're seeing these teams, Boston Celtics. You know, kids are going to Why would you want to play for Boston? Exactly. They win every sport. Exactly. And – New York right now, by the way, is it's it's an embarrassment to sports right now. The only competitive team you could say right now is the Yankees. You could say the Mets are competitive. They did finish over 500. But the, the New York sports right now is an embarrassment. You're right. It's definitely rough, especially when you have two teams in each sport, roughly. Um, and you can't do anything. And you and you, you can't win. It's, it's absurd. Barely but making the postseason. I mean, Come look, on. we've had championships in the past with the Yankees and the Giants. Um, however... It's just there's definitely um, New York is 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 yearning for for some more success and they need it soon. They do, and it all starts with the ownership. And you see the ownership of the Mets don't spend money. The Knicks, off season after off season again can't get they don't it right. Do anything. You know, I believe in my Jets. I think that their ownership is starting to turn around. They got a new GM, but again, one and five to start the season. Giants two and five to start the season. Come on, no one's going in the right direction. Well, that's going to about do it for us today. Uh, next week, we're probably going to do some power rankings for the NFL and probably some postseason predictions, possibly some award predictions with MVP, uh, Rookie of the Year, um, Offensive Player of the Year, Coach of the Year. We'll get into all that next week. But thank you for tuning in. Um, this was week five. Thank you to Graycom Studios. I'm Bobby McInnes along with Tom Spallone, and we'll see you next week. 